Welcome to Cancel Culture, the business of law podcast brought to you by Byfield. Welcome back to Cancel Culture. Um, this week, um, I've got Ben with me again. Hello, Ben. Hi, Meg. How's it going? Yeah, I'm well. Thank you very much. How about you? Well, we've all had some lurgy, haven't we? Um, we're a bit walking wounded in the office, various coughs and colds and things, but it's we're soldiering season. on and we're surviving. And it's late on Thursday, so I think we're all just crawling towards the weekend, but otherwise we're good. Yeah, looking forward to the weekend. And on Monday, just three days away, is the World Cup. Who are you supporting? Well, it's it's a good question and you might not know this, but I, if you look at England's group, um, I could conceivably fall under um, any three team apart from Iran. So obviously I feel English. I was I was born here, but my my family are all American. Uh, mm. My mum was from the from from LA, and all my family are there. Uh, and my dad's Welsh. Uh, so um, I'm hedging my bets, uh, but I probably would say England. Nice, nice. I'll be obviously supporting France, the best team uh, in the World Cup for sure. We're hoping we're going to win again. <laughs> I, I think I think you know I know Pog was injured, but I, I I do think you probably have got the best team and the best squad. It just depends on if they if they bring their A game. I think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, considering how they messed up the the um, European Cup last year, um, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. But it should be really interesting. And uh, I don't know. Um, we were discussing this earlier. We we're saying that you're not seeing much from firms this year. Um, no, I mean, I have worked in the legal sector through a good number of, of World Cups. Uh, and I've never seen such a lack of anything, uh, you know, around it. So if I think back to, gosh, even 2002, the one in Japan, 06 in Germany, 2010 in South Africa, 2014 in, 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 in Brazil, and even the one in Russia in 2018. It's good knowledge, isn't it, for top of my, yeah. top of my head? <laughs> you know, there the huge amount of client events around England games uh, and, you know, big Brazil games, etc. So law firms would pull out all the stops to have, you know, build client events around all those big games. You've seen absolutely nothing uh, th- this time. And I'm curious as to whether that's just an after effect of COVID, uh, and and really the sort of lack of many events, or is it really a, a slightly nervous reaction to a lot of the stuff that we've been reading around the the Western morality of having the World Cup in Qatar? And I think it's a lot of the latter, actually. I think yeah. it's a lot of the latter. I think firms are nervous of associating themselves with 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 you know with the World Cup at all. It's interesting, isn't it? You got on Monday England are playing at lunchtime. You would mm. expect normally in that situation the city or wherever town centre you're in to completely stop and I don't think it will I don't think it will it's it's interesting yeah I guess we'll have to see on Monday but yeah I think that's really interesting what you're saying about firms I didn't realize that they used to do that before but um yeah I think and it's not just law firms obviously I think anyone any company out there is very nervous about showing support or any anything related to the World Cup this year and it's uh it's a, a bit of a sad state of affairs, to be honest. It should be a really happy and and energetic event, and and it kind of feels like everyone's not really planning on watching it as much or on being involved as much. I think that I think yeah, I think that's right, and I think it's a you know it's a it's 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 a shame, isn't it? But there is you know there is a lot of nervousness around it, and actually, weirdly, I think the big story is how much. Of a story the World Cup actually isn't you know you're you you know there's 
I certainly remember in World Cups gone by, you know, pages and pages on the, you know, in the news pages and the sports pages about the team and the squad and the warm-up games and all that stuff. And really, we've heard, we, 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 you know, we've heard nothing. And it's a shame because I think the England team are good. I think he's picked. A, I think he's got a good squad. Uh, as long as he's brave and and decides to attack rather than rather rather than defend and sit on a lead, perhaps I think we've got a really good chance of doing very well. But anyway, this is as tempting as it is. This is this is not a uh, a football analysis show. Tune into Radio Five for that. Definitely, definitely. To the next news uh, on the agenda, which obviously today um, the Chancellor announced a new budget, uh, the second in the last three months. Um, I mean, what are your initial reactions to that? I thought it was a bit less chaotic than the last one we had in September. <laughs> right, it couldn't be any more. Well, again, as much as this isn't a football preview show, you're also, I'm sure, listeners will be relieved to know they're not going to get a bunch of fiscal analysis from us. However, I think you're absolutely right that the the you know the the um, uh, the 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 last attempt at the, the the budget or mini budget whatever it was called was was completely chaotic, and you know we're pretty advantaged, aren't we, in our our our, our sector? Uh, the you know lawyers are paid handsomely uh, and live quite advantaged lives, and I think some of what was uh, mooted at the mini budget didn't sit well with anybody, whichever mm-hmm. side of the political divide they were on whether you were left or right or you know like a lot of people somewhere in the middle it was you know, you know the growth first agenda felt uneasy and i think this is an this is a correction to that uh we've got to go through the detail uh you know once 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 that comes but it will be interesting to see how the markets react won't it over the next couple of days because if you remember after the mini budget they jumped around quite a lot yeah uh, as some of the impact started to hit home so we're Thursday now, aren't we? Let's see. Let's see where the markets land tomorrow um, and 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 next week. But it does it gen it does feel re- relatively sensible to me when I look through some of the detail. Uh, and you know, it what he's trying to do is he's acknowledging that there's going to be a downturn, or in fact, we're already in one. Mm. But it's minimising both the severity of it and the length of it. And he, and Jeremy Hunt is trying to do that. And I don't think anybody would argue with that principle, would they? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think it's really hard to rectify the disaster of the past three months. And I think it's just about calming the markets down right now to be able to attract any investment. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, um, on the tax kind of point uh, for the budget, it's it's interesting for for people in the city. Um, Financial news went with a headline about that, actually, and I thought it was a really good angle. Um, saying that, yeah, basically the tax rates um, have, have been changed. And essentially, I think I think it's fair to say that a lot of some trainees actually at some firms um, will be affected by the new changes. Uh, a lot of the associates will be affected as well because they're now, you know, in the higher rate, if not the additional rate brackets. Uh, so it's not just partners who will be affected by those tax reforms, but the the younger staff too. And and it's interesting to see how. I I mean I don't know if we'll ever get a reaction from them on that, but um. Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting um, to 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 see that. Um, any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, I, I I guess again I'm no economist, so I'm going to be cautious in what I say here. <laughs> but the more you get paid, the the more in real terms uh, tax changes affect you, don't they? So if you yeah. again rewind to that mini budget, if you are a partner, say in a big US firm, and you're earning way north of a of a million a year 
then those changes meant you had so much more in your pocket, didn't they? And I think this is the same. I think, you know, people, high earners will be hit. You know, yeah. that's absolutely a fact. The more you earn, the more you're hit in, in real terms. How that affects you is a, is a different thing, isn't it, entirely? So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely significant. It's definitely significant. But, you know, we're only now recording this in the in the hours after the, the, the statement. And I think the full impact of it still needs to be understood. Let's see. Let's see how the markets react because they don't lie. Yeah, definitely. And I think people will definitely be looking at their finances and how to, to pay for those new tax um brackets so yeah uh should be really interesting uh next up is a, a story from city am um on how kind of the the demand for for legal services globally has uh slowed down in the past year and they were saying in the story that um us firms had stronger growth than their uk counterparts um which have been plateauing for the past 6 months apparently um, I mean, I thought that was really interesting um, just because I, I guess you would expect a slowdown after the pandemic where things really were a bit hectic and everyone needed a lot of legal advice on many different areas, employment, and there was a lot of, a lot of M&A going on as well. So I guess you would expect a slowdown, but um, I don't know, I, 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 considering that we're we're still in uncertain times. I would have expected things to to pick up a tiny bit rather than slow down. Um, any thoughts at all, Ben? Yeah, I've got a couple of a couple of thoughts. So, COVID was just an outlier in terms of what it did to yeah. law firm activity and the the economy. You know, this massive hit that that everybody took in March April 2020, and this dash for capital with the capital markets created you know quite a bit of work. Clearly, deals at that point completely fell off a cliff because nobody knew what on earth was going to happen. Then, once a bit of normality returned, then people understood that this, you know, this that that the COVID was manageable in some many many respects. Uh, then, then obviously there was a lot of deal making, people making up for lost time, you know, a lot of relief, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So both those situations were completely artificial, uh, and I, so I think we're returning to something approaching kind of normality now. That's not to say that the economic outlook is not, you know, yeah, not great at at, at best, but I'm not overly alarmed by, by by this. So a couple of other points as well. I, I, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but. I, I, I think the endless comparisons of the US and the UK legal markets are uh, a, a, a little bit pointless in some yeah. respects. Yes, perhaps in sort of big ticket M&A and, and things like that. But we're better off looking to some of the big markets on the continent, I think, particularly Germany for and, to, and, and what's going on there in more of a kind of valid comparison for how we're doing. Uh, I don't think we can look at the US. It's absolutely vast uh, mm. and, and it's just very, very different in in some respects uh the common commonality of language notwithstanding also you only have to look at all the turbulence we've had here, here politically and economically to actually think well a little bit of a dip is not too bad is it and we're yeah. pretty resilient you know some 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 areas are, are you know prone to falling off a cliff you only have to look at again with covid at, at retail um and you know um dining and restaurants and things like that and, and and the fact that the legal sector came through relatively unscathed and that shows us i think that our sector is quite quite resilient so a bit of a dip or a correction is not necessarily as alarming as it might appear yeah no i agree and i think you know i, I don't i mean they said in the story that 
in the UK it had plateaued. Um, um, we'll see in six months' time where it's at. But um, yeah, I definitely think they've they've been really resilient um, despite all the, I mean, yeah, turmoil of the past few months. Um, and uh, you know what what that makes me wonder. I wonder actually if if clients of law firms are actually a bit um, a bit more careful about going to their um, lawyers now just because it, it, they know it's going to cost a bit more. And I actually wonder if, if that's part of the issue too, where they're thinking, well, hold on, you know, um, fees are might be going up just because there's just high inflation and interests. Um, if we have, if we can handle this in-house, then we might as well do it now rather than go to our advisors as we usually do. I wonder if there's part of that too in, in the equation. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, um, you might be right, but there's also uh, the, the the whole piece around the, the changing role of the GC um, and in-house counsel. You know, we do quite a lot of work in, in legal tech, uh, as I think people know, and the, the sophistication and the budgets and the general appetite of the in-house community to embrace legal tech yeah. uh, is is very very significant and that's perhaps a little bit at the expense of their external counsel yeah. and they're realizing that you know a lot of work they can perhaps do themselves and that's changed uh over the last few years and that's nothing really to do with the economy um the role of the gc has changed substantially hasn't it into a kind of business enabler uh and i think a lot of work that they just would have given automatically to firms externally some of that's been kept in-house now mm -hmm. uh and external counsel are kind of managed and briefed in 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 different ways i don't have any empirical data for that but that's mm. definitely the sense i get from speaking to people in the market mm, that's really interesting um yeah, uh, we'll see how, how the industry fares in the next six months to a year during the recession. Next up is a story from The Times on how a lot of, of the staff in law firms is quite reluctant to, to return to the office and are, I quote, actively ignoring calls to return to the office. Um, <laughs> so, uh, which I guess post-pandemic is not really a surprise for, especially for the younger generations. I feel like a lot of partners that I speak to at least just love going to the office. Um, so I think there's a generational element here, but uh, yeah, what did you think about that? Well, I was sort of quite pleased to, to see it because it backs up what we've said anecdotally before. Uh, you know, we, over the last sort of 15 months or so, that the amount of people that have asked me about what's going on in clients and firms that we know in terms of how successful their uh, agile working policies are, everyone is really curious as to how it's going in other firms, which sort of tells you that it's not going amazingly anywhere. Yeah. Uh, everybody really has kind of landed on roughly the same thing, haven't they, where it's either sort of two or three days in the office. Perhaps you've got like a, I don't know, a Wednesday or a Thursday where everybody's in. But there's definitely a feeling that people are not necessarily respecting it and um, complying as much as they should. And I think the piece today by uh, Jonathan Ames completely backs backs that up. And it will be very interesting to see how that looks as we go into as we go into winter uh, and and potentially a, a, a downturn. But it's not something that's going to be solved, I don't think, in six months to a year. Mm. Uh, I think the pandemic changed things so rapidly you know, that everybody kind of worked from home almost overnight, that coming back from that is is actually 
a, a symptom of the kind of a symptom of the recovery but you know what i mean it's 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 part of the recovery from what was you know two or so completely outlier years and i don't think it's going to be tackled anytime anytime soon for sure yeah i think firms at least at management level they're probably having a real headache in in trying to attract people back because you know i mean what can you do really at, at this point when you've got lawyers are like actually you know what i'd rather spend the day at home today rather than commuting in i think the commute is is part of a lot of people's issue with it but i think even even the culture to be honest um internally i think a lot of people just don't necessarily want to be around their colleagues i know it's horrible to say but i think for a lot of people that's the case where they feel it's a bit overwhelming or i don't know what it is or some people might just prefer to be with their kids uh, i i don't know there's so many different ways to look at it right but um in terms of of yeah putting things in place internally to say well actually you need to come back because we're so great for this and that reason is it must be extremely difficult and uh i'd love to see some um some kind of some type of innovation or really interesting ideas on this coming from firms um the thing they're going to have to grapple with is is how they manage their space isn't it? Yeah. It's whether you accept this and think, okay, right, this is the way the world is going to be. In in which case, how do you approach your? If you're a law firm leader, how do you approach your 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 office? Uh, what's the theory? You know, one desk per 1.3 people. You know, what what it, whatever it might be, and you know, lots of we've not so much recently, but over the last or sort of three years, the amount of law firm moves that have mm. been signed and coming up, etc., is huge, isn't it? You, you know, you see firms relocating all the time. How do you approach your your office space? How do you make it kind of work for you? It's something that we struggle here at Byfield, isn't it? That, yeah. You know, when everybody, we love our office here. You know, we're very fortunate to have a a, a, a nice office in, in, in Chancery Lane. But when everybody's here, it's a little bit of a squeeze. But clearly, because we have a, a good hybrid working policy, it's very rare that everybody's here. So, you know, 90% of the time is fine, but it's at 10% when it's not. And how do you manage that? And if you are, mm -hmm. if you are managing a law firm with 1500 people in it, and not 20, that's a big problem. Uh, so it that's going to be interesting as, as that moves forward. But certainly what is true is that big firms are all struggling to implement what are quite similar policies. Yeah, yeah, I think they're really struggling to find that balance and, and to really respond to what the people actually want. It's just super interesting to 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 see that people are actually ignoring management on, on coming back to the office. I think that's quite unusual. Um, really, really interesting to see. Um, yeah, that is that you're absolutely right. That is that is quite un, un, unusual. And it will be interesting to find out what the implications of that are. If you are somebody that's barely coming in, are you do you face a disciplinary action? What what is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean that could potentially bring some so much employment issues because you can't really force people back. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do if someone's barely coming in because they've got their kids at home? And you say, well, you know, you're not going to get a bonus this year because you've not come into the office or whatever it may be. Uh, or, you know, your job is on the line or something like that, or you've got a warning. I think you're entering really dangerous territory. It depends on the case, right? But it's, it's yeah, what's it's your, a real headache. Well, what's in your contract? You know, if, if I, mean, I don't know, if you joined the firm after the pandemic, is, is the agile working policy, are you contractually obliged to 
respect it. You're certainly not if you joined the firm before the pandemic, where of course it wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't have been in there. So who knows? But you're absolutely right. There could be some you know employment cases arising from it. Um, yeah, one to keep an eye on. And our last story uh, is one on the Law Gazette, and uh, that was really interesting too. It was about how the SRA is is planning to change the way it finds uh, firms and individuals in the industry, and so they're looking at um, finding them uh, according to um, basically their earnings. Um, that's that's basically it, um, and the reaction to that has been quite intense I find um what were your thoughts what are you well what are, what are yours first of all and then I'll tell you mine well so you know when you when you first read it you're like yeah okay like it makes sense you know um and it's interesting that they're looking at considerations to change the way they find people in firms which they weren't doing before and sometimes you know I remember writing stories on people getting rebuked or banned from the profession and you're thinking hold on, they have this fine to, to to pay for, which is huge compared to this stuff they have actually done. And then you see people doing worse things and getting it like, you know, five, 500 pound fine. You know, it's just, it, it felt it felt a bit random at times. I'm sure there was a real logic to it, but it's really interesting to see that the, the, the SRA is actually looking at changing these things uh, to reflect um, well, the issue's better. I think that's that's a good step forward, and I think it's a good discussion to have. And when you look at the plan as it is, you think you first think, well, it makes sense. But then actually, it, it really depends on the firm and the individual and what they've actually done. In my opinion, you can't really have a blanket policy for all issues. Um, so yeah, um, those were my thoughts. What about you? Sounds like you've got quite a few thoughts there, and I've, I I totally have a lot of sympathy with that because. I, I, I too, I guess a bit like you, when I saw the initial proposals from the SRA, I thought, well, this seems fairly sensible. And then you think about it and you have a look at what the Law Society have said, and it just isn't horses for courses, is it? Mm. You know, yes, somebody might earn 20% more than someone else, but they may have 30% more of their income that goes on family things or, you know, whatever whatever it might be. People's financial dependencies are, are, are different, aren't they? Um, and firms are different as well. You know, I don't think profitability is necessarily uh, a, a, uh, a sort of accurate comparison tool for firms. So, you know, they might have just a much higher, one firm might have a much smaller percentage of uh, equity partners than another, in which case their pet might be really high. But, you know, the the revenue for lawyer will be much lower. So it's all very different, isn't it? And I guess I'm a little bit sitting on the fence, which uh, people will think is rather unlike me. However, <laughs> I probably just edge towards uh, the Law Society's point of view, actually, where you do need a bit of uniformity in, a, in, in approach. Otherwise, it just becomes too difficult and problematic. Yeah. But of course, the answer is don't do anything wrong. And then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's really hard to not get it wrong, right? I mean, you know, it's just um, I just thought it was really it's good that the conversation is going at least because it shows that they're willing to to listen and to actually implement something different which might be a bit fairer or we'll see but um i, I see i think it came from a, a, a genuinely um 
good place. The the intentions were good. I, I just think when you put it in practice, it might become a bit problematic later on. And there's definitely there needs to be a bit more thought into this for sure. Um, because yeah, as you say, not everyone is in the same circumstances, and you can't really apply the same rule to everybody. Yeah, and categorization of offences is different, isn't it? I mean, I'm obviously not going to name them, but one firm I I, I heard of once, somebody was uh, not a lawyer, but somebody was stealing quite a lot of paper from uh, print rooms and uh, got struck off from ever working in a, in, in, the, in the legal sector again, just yeah. for stealing paper. And I think that the, the while stealing is obviously wrong, the paper was going to a to educational establishment or, or something like that. And uh, mm. it kind of struck me as a little bit harsh uh, and they perhaps needed a bit of sort of moderation in terms of the punishment there. So it, it, it you know, for me, it's one to leave to the experts, one to yeah. leave to the experts really. I think we can have an opinion, but you know, the, the, the consideration and the application of fines is is one that I think needs a lot of detailed knowledge to get right and knowledge that I don't necessarily claim to have. Yeah, no, same for me. I've I've just always been really um surprised sometimes reading some of these, you know, um like statements as to what's happening to someone who's done something wrong. Sometimes I, I do find when I read those that junior lawyers are usually um punished more harshly than partners for example and um there's definitely some disproportion in some type of some some of the things that are that happen you know misconduct is i find personally not as well addressed as you know doing something wrong for a client would be which is totally understandable that you you find someone or rebuke them or whatever it is because they've they've done something wrong with the clients that's totally fine but then internal issues or you know what they might say and and I quote here you know kind of HR issues um I feel that even though it's not necessarily the role of the regulator to tackle those you know if it's having an impact on the rest of the firm as we often see um there needs to be an appropriate response which I don't always see and that's just a personal opinion obviously it's I'm not an expert either but um no, it's good to see that they're they're thinking about this. Great. Cool. Well, I think that's it for today. Um, thank you all for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and we're going to be back next week for another episode of Council Culture. You've been listening to Council Culture, the Business of Law podcast brought to you by Byfield. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and join us again next week we'll be discussing some more of the biggest stories in the legal sector.